I was continuing to shrink, to become what? The infinitesimal? What was I? Still a human being? Or was I the man of the future? Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful, and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? We are talking about the Incredible Shrinking Man and the woman movie. I am one of the hosts. Uh, Carly's not here today, but I am Peter. And joining me is uh, Michael Dennison. And the... Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever seen any of these movies, because you, you and I, neither uh, we haven't seen either of them. So this is a, a first watch for for both of us but the incredible shrinking man it is uh, directed by jack arnold um it stars grant williams as a uh, scott carey uh, his wife is played by randy stewart is a uh, louise carey april kent is clarice uh, who plays a uh, quote-unquote midget she uses that term not i um and that's pretty much it uh, are the main main characters of this but uh basically kind of a sci-fi movie about a man who uh, who was on a boat, not to be mistaken with the SNL skit, and uh, a, a mist or fog or something. Again, not related to the. Um, help me out with this one. Is it Carpenter that that did the fog? Yeah, and then uh, Frank the uh, Darabont. I think Darabont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mist. Sounds about right. Actually, that might be a better movie to watch. Mm, no, no. Um, <laughs> The original, anyway. Hey, well, hey, there's a remake and original we can maybe do. We gotta stick with Charles Grown months for now, but yeah. Okay, this is true. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I guess this mist or fog kind of it, it hits Scott, and uh, it's kind of shimmering, and then it leads him to kind of slowly, you know, week by week, shrink in size, and uh, ultimately, you know, it's a journey about him trying to navigate through his his basement. I guess, and fights off spiders and cats. And uh, we do we do not get any uh, fights with spiders or cats, unfortunately, from Lily Tomlin in the 1981 version, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, directed by Joel Schumacher. It is also based, uh, I would assume, very loosely on the Richard Matheson novel that The uh, Incredible Shrinking Man was. Uh, it stars uh, Lily Tomlin as... Pat Kramer, and then uh, some other supporting characters in a very confusing fashion, as well as Charles Grodin. As I mentioned, this is Charles Grodin month here on Original Remake. Um, Ned Beatty is also in this film, and I don't really recognize anyone else. Um, John Glover. John Glover. Gremlins John Glover. Yeah. Um, I did want to just go back before I get into, uh, since we're talking about the casting, uh, Randy Stewart was the, the wife of uh, uh, Scott Carey of Grant Williams and right. Incredible Shrinking Man. That's a very mm-hmm. strange uh, female name, Randy. It is. <laughs> I, you, you know, when I was just looking over the credits, I go, Randy. I go, oh, who did he play? And um, so just reading, you know, reading it for, for the casting here, I go, oh, Randy played 
Um, she was born uh, Betty Jane. Uh, so for whatever reason, changed her name for performance reasons. Randy Stewart. I don't know. I kind of want to get into that. Maybe for the bonus segment, I'll research it and uh, add yeah. it in for our listeners. But anyway, uh, Randy Stewart is not the main character here. It's Lily Tomlin. And uh, there is no mist or fog, be it John Carpenter or the Stephen King version, that causes her to shrink. Instead, she is exposed to a unique mix of chemicals. And there are a lot of chemicals in this Schumacher opus. And um, I don't know if we've learned anything since then, but in 1981, apparently it was on the brain of Lily Tomlin and Joel Schumacher that chemicals were bad because they caused her to shrink and uh then the fun ensues or doesn't for peter myself as we review these two films for our uh ant-man and charles groton themed episode this is orson Welles speaking i have 45 seconds to tell you about something i think you'll remember the longest day you live it's about a man named scott carey a few months ago he was six feet two inches tall and weighed 190 pounds today He's two inches tall, and you can hold him in the palm of your hand. Now he lives in a world where he must fight for his life, a world where a friendly house cat is a predatory monster. Incredible, because it's almost beyond imagining. Incredible, because every hour he gets smaller and smaller. Incredible, because every moment the terror mounts. The strange story of Pat Kramer began on what seemed to be a perfectly normal day. Pat Kramer. She was a loving wife. Sweetheart. Hi, honey. Nice you. Come on, under the covers. A devoted mother. Mom, cool. <laughs> Expert homemaker. And then, one day, something incredible happened. We've got it. You are shrinking. No need to be upset, Mrs. Kramer. As long as you have on this ring, nothing's changed between us. Lily Tomlin, Charles Grodin, in the story of a woman who gave so much. Bring them, kidder. And got so little. More champagne. Now, how about a big hand for the little lady, the incredible shrinking woman? So I dozed off during the, uh, the woman one. <laughs> Was it the but, second one? Did you watch yeah. the remake last? Yes. Okay. Well, so yeah. maybe that's you know good reason, right? We're not yeah, <laughs> not yet well, getting into our reviews. I I woke up like uh, at one in the morning and it was just um, finishing up. I'm like shit, and so I had to go back and figure out where I left off, and then I stayed up another almost uh, almost another hour trying to um, finish it. So, but I finished it. it things are still a little fuzzy because I basically watched it out of order, but um. And and I was half asleep, so so yeah. Hopefully it'll be okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll start this off. Um, 
because this was uh, I don't know how many times I've done on this this podcast back to back watch for like mm-hmm. just doing the original and the remake. Uh, this was one of those times where I did you know, the Incredible Shrinking Man the night before, and then this morning got up early to watch the Incredible Shrinking Woman. So I think even in between I had dreams about like these movies. It's just been like a I don't know if this is an advisable way for our listeners to watch these two. Um, it's kind of a, more of a podcast professional way to do it. Very painful to to suffer through movies like this. So I was going to ask you like because on previous remakes before we I guess do our proper introductions of this uh, of these movies, uh, they've been. Like with Infernal Affairs and The Departed, it's been pretty much the same story. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was kind of the same story here, but you could have told me that this was the Incredible Shrinking Woman was not a remake, and I would have just been like, oh, it's just the same idea. Like if they had titled it something different, I wouldn't have necessarily connected these two films. Did you feel that way? Um, I, I did at first until they started um, having like similar dialogues and similar scenes. Um, but at first, it, it's I mean the movie starts off a little bit different, where we get Lily Tomlin, you know, as a mother of three, four, something, something like that, and uh, too many, too many screaming <laughs> kids at the beginning too, of the film. Too many, too many, well, not only screaming kids, got a screaming husband too. Um, Charles, Charles Grodin. Grodin. Yeah. He like he likes to scream. I mean, uh just a few days ago I watched a movie where he screamed a lot. <laughs> you know, I didn't um, realize until because I didn't know he was in The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Um we're pretty much doing a Charles Grodin month accidentally here in July. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know he was in either movies to 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 be honest. Um I I I like him in the later stuff. You know, I think the first movie I saw him in was uh like either Heart and Souls or Clifford, I forget. But that's kind of what I know him for more, you know, kind of, kind of curmudgeon, you know. I yeah. mean, I, I guess he's not really any different except for he yells a little bit more uh, in his um, er, earlier life. But um, yeah, it, at first I, I, I think that it was almost just a inspiration of the first movie, or even maybe the source material, the uh, Shrinking Man. Mm-hmm. Um, up until the scene where I think she goes to the doctor, and I think that's when things started kind of um being very similar to to the uh, incredible shrunken man you know where she, she was like well you know that's 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 nuts because i've been whatever height since she was 19 you know so all those started kind of mm. kind of uh matching up a little bit but it's, i thought it was going to be uh kind of different on its own at first yeah i was not as uh not as keen on the uh the woman version of this film uh not to be misogynistic or sexist, but mainly because, uh, and maybe this is just uh, the difference in time. Incredible Shrinking Man came out in 1957, but our main character of Scott Carey is, is he lounging in the ocean, like on a boat, like sunbathing mm-hmm. with like his girlfriend or his wife. And um, like, he's pretty much living the life. It's like, you know, it just, I mean, we don't know much about the guy, but when the accident happens, it's like some sort of, are we supposed to be some sort of nuclear, like, there's some yeah. sort of explosion where chemicals uh, sweep his way. Yeah, I, I, I took it as they were on vacation and um, some kind of test experiment from somewhere that, that's not explained, you know, mm-hmm. kind of came their way. And that's that's it. I don't think it was ever explained. And that's and, one thing I really liked about it. because. Yeah. 
uh, and the Incredible Shrinking Woman, they, <laughs> I mean, they hit you over the head with like, uh, I guess what's happened in American society in 1981. So it's kind of taking off the seventies. Uh, everything's very much like being sold to you. There's all these chemicals, all this product placement, like within their house, there's, uh, uh, side characters that come in and try to sell Lily Tomlin things. And also her husband is in that business. Um, also just the way it looks is just so obnoxious and brash. And it's like, I quickly got the point that it was like, chemicals are bad, <laughs> but they didn't yeah. repeat that, uh, throughout the rest of the film. You know, I was very surprised that during the credits, I saw that Joel Schumacher did the remake. I go, this is going to be either really good or really bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's got the bright colors. It, 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 looked, it looked a lot like Batman forever, or Batman and Robin. He, he likes those, those pinks and greens and, um, I, I guess that's where, and I don't know how you feel. I really liked a lot more than I thought I would. I liked the incredible shrinking man because, uh, it's very brief. It's 81 minutes, but it just felt like an extended twilight zone episode. Like you said, they don't really, you have the initial accident, but they don't really go out of their way to try to explain everything. It's pretty much just like, Hey, this guy's going to shrink. And then we're just going to see what happens to him. That's, I mean, right. th there's no, nobody's investigating really. Like you do have the, the kind doctor who's like, uh, you know, we're going to try to figure this out, but like the best thing we can do is maybe stop it. And then we eventually realize that they, they haven't really stopped it. They've slowed it down slightly. Yeah, I don't know if you caught it, but that uh, the the doctor. Um, let me see if I can uh, pull up his name real quick. Uh, I I don't know if it's the same doctor that you're thinking about, but the let me see here. There's a couple of doctors in there. This, this is the one that was measuring him in the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I had his name, but anyway, one of the doctors in The Incredible Shrinking Man. And then you got one of the doctors from Incredible Shrinking Woman. The two of them were both in um, Inner Space, which happens to be about a movie about a shrinking man as well. So, and I believe uh, both of our uh, podcasts, uh, Hydrate Level 4 and War Machine yes. vs. War Horse, covered that film. If our dear listeners on Original Remake want to seek those episodes out at uh, HLF Podcast on Twitter and at War Machine Horse. Uh, we are on followingfilms.com. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I was I was plugging so many different things there. I almost dropped the ball on where they could find the episodes. We'll, we'll just end it there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go go listen to those uh, episodes. Um, but you know, I, I thought that was very interesting. Actually, I, I really uh, I, I caught that off the bat. Um, let me see what what I did like about Incredible Shrinking Man was um, I. I, I like older movies, and uh, you know I, I like black and white movies. And mm -hmm. I I didn't know what the rating for this um, for the for the man movie was, and <laughs> I like that the, the man movie for the rest of the episode. <laughs> we'll call it the man movie and the woman movie. <laughs> yeah, the man and woman. Okay, so the man movie. Um, yeah, I I didn't know what kind of rating it had, what kind of um, reputation it had. You know, um, from back in '57, but. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of enjoyed it, you know, and I, I don't know anything about Grant Williams. Um, and he came off kind of, at, at first, uh, well, I didn't dislike him. I, I think he was fine throughout the entire movie. He's got uh, kind of that stiff, stoic sort of old movie leading man role. You know what I mean? there's A little bit. Well, I think now, like, we're accustomed to a little bit more personality in our leading characters. Like, you see... 
you know, it's it. This is going slightly off topic, but like I saw some complaints uh, in reviews about Jurassic World uh, for Chris mm-hmm. Pratt for his sort of persona because people really liked uh, the, the Chris Pratt that they see in social media or in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's kind of jokey and more humorous, and he's a little more stiff in Jurassic World. A little more to me, I liked it because it was a little more throwbacky. Like, and mm-hmm. it, that I thought about that as I was watching the Man movie here. That he's very much like the straight laced hero uh and that's i, I don't know I, I i'm like you i kind of liked it it feel, it's like a completely different tone than like modern acting and modern movies yeah and the women too even the uh the other i think she called herself a midget too the um i, I don't have her oh um i don't have her name up are you talking about when he goes to the like Is it uh Clar- clarice the uh yeah the clarice, carnival right? or whatever yeah, the carnival, and he meets her at the at the cafe there. She, um, she, yeah, she's one of the, the, the midgets, as she's referred, you know, refers to herself. But wasn't she, wasn't she like only thirty six inches? Yeah, it's it was. You know, that's one of those things where I'm like, some of that stuff sort of catches you off guard watching it in 2015 because I think you know now, of course, you don't even hear the term midget really thrown around in films as far as if they're you know a character that you're sympathetic to because that's, mm-hmm. that's just not their preferred terminology anymore right. uh but it also you know it struck me as strange because it's like yeah she just looked like a short woman like right and it, it was it was kind of funny like watching an older a 1957 movie when you're trying to kind of spot the effects and you're trying to right. just really spot like how small the people are in relation to each other, and for the most part, they don't really look that small. They look like normal people, and they're like trying to disguise it uh, with kind of goofy chairs or uh, using that sort of forced perspective to get him smaller than his his wife. But uh, yeah, like I I didn't I think that was probably the worst sequence when she was calling herself that, and I'm like I think you're just a normal person and they just got you <laughs> angled a certain way because there's no there's really no other way that she looks like she's like a little person well the i, I think the other man was uh, an actual little person right the the guy that works with the carnival too mm-hmm. yeah um but during that scene i was kind of like you know I, I wish i was that size and had like a, a cup of coffee that was that large <laughs> you know can you imagine like the caffeine going through her at that moment um uh, well can we uh ping pong to uh shrinking woman because that's there's there's one scene kind of uh with that that idea in mind where um yeah one thing i absolutely hate about this movie is there's this like conspiracy to like capture her by this uh like these evil scientists and there's a scene where they're trying to convince her to do something and they get her drunk by like basically just throwing alcohol like on her like it's like a huge it might be just like a small little like drop it's a huge splash effect and so Uh basically they show that she gets drunk really fast because it's just like you know she's just like bathing in it it'd be like if you or i just decided to jump in a swimming pool of like vodka or something and right uh i did feel like you know for incredible shrinking woman to be labeled like the the comedy version of this where uh the man movie is the like the drama like the kind of sci-fi horror uh, they didn't really do a lot of that stuff that was just out and out funny in the, the woman version. Did you I, – I, I thought I was expecting more comedy than what I got from it. Yeah, I 
I thought it was going to be an actual comedy too. I didn't find myself laughing a lot. I don't know if that's just the jokes or the movie. Um, you know, I, I can see where they were kind of going with it, but I kind of, I kind of like the idea of them where they were trying to exploit her for, for being, you know, for being, um, you know, shrunken, you know, and, and having the whole scientific aspect where they're trying to, you know, uh, kidnap her and, and do all these tests as opposed to the man movie. You just got him, you know, basically it's like the original Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know, where he's running around and you got all these uh, large furniture around and stuff like that. <laughs> well, let's which, talk about that. Yeah. I I, I kind of I, I liked it. I, I liked the practical effects and a lot of the items, they actually looked like they were enlarged. You know, I was very impressed by the scissors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Um, and also the... Uh, a, the the attack of the cat actually got me kind of worried, even though this <laughs> you you can tell that was you know that was kind of bad CGI, uh, but the scene was very effective for me, and I think the the scene with the tarantula where he's getting attacked re- really creeped me out. You know, well, if um, you have a thing with spiders, uh, this movie can be horrific at times because the, the spider becomes it's pretty much the cat and the spider are like your two main I guess villains here, as opposed to mad scientists and the woman version. Yeah, I'm I'm not like terrified of tarantulas or spiders, but um you know, uh, up close and I, I mean I would never touch one with my finger just just because mm-hmm. but just to see him attacked and I think he got swatted like two or three times. It, it was it was actually pretty brutal. I thought it could be uh, over for him when the cat I yeah. mean the cat swipes at him, but uh well, I was complaining about you know, the direction that the incredible shrinking woman goes with this conspiracy of scientists that want to they want to use her um, to figure out how to shrink, like I guess other members of society or a certain number of people for for their own illicit means. And uh, it, I mean, it gets pretty ridiculous. Um, They're trying but, to like, shrink the world, right? Or yeah, and it's like so- I don't. <laughs> as with most things with mad scientists, I'm I'm wondering like to what end? Like what what are you? How does this benefit you? For like you know, it's not like a. If they made it like a government that wanted to like sort of make it a, like a military weapon to use in like warfare or something, but I'm like, who who are you and why why is this? Why do you have so much power? But uh, the other part of it too was I just really didn't I didn't enjoy the ride to uh, the third act of Incredible Shrinking Woman. Like I didn't find it be particularly funny. So maybe I just wasn't that invested to care at that point. Yeah. But, I did kind of have slight issues, even though I much preferred from an enjoyment level the man movie. Um, but I mean, like you said, there's a little bit of uh, society wanting to learn about him. Like you see people like outside his house and he's in voiceover. He complains that he's just like kind of a freak show and uh, just wants to be left alone. And he has arguments uh, with his, his wife. And I think it's, is it his wife? I don't, I can't remember if they're, I assume they are. They live in the same yeah, house. Yeah, because uh, in both movies they have the the scene where the ring falls off the hand. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I don't think in 1957 they were just like, you know, living together in sin or anything. Or at least they wouldn't show that on screen. But uh, No, but it did kind of bother me the one scene where Clarice does meet him back up at the park again. And I mm-hmm. think he was... Sh- Showing her that he was maybe starting to write again or something, yeah, and re- realizes that he was sh- shorter than her, which you know earlier she had mentioned that you know at least he's taller than her, 
And then, yeah, because because they were gonna go, I think, get something to eat, and then he grabs her by the hand, and they were gonna like maybe run off skipping. I'm not sure, but just just that scene, I was like, wait a minute, but you're married, and well, so he's, I thought he's gonna step out, like, right? Wait. Like uh, that, that's what I took. Like I, that's why I questioned. I was like, wait, are they married? Because I I was like, I think he's contemplating going off with this lady here. Yeah, so that, that's that's where I thought it was going. Yeah, um, so, which is kind of actually makes the scene kind of funnier that it's like. I guess it's meant to be sort of tragic that he's, yeah, he just wants to feel normal and he can't feel normal anymore when his wife sort of towers over him. But, you know, he's, he's found someone his size and then, you know, that, that's taken from him too. But anyway, the, the third act, it really kicks off, uh, with the the cat and, um, him and his wife are having, uh, I guess just a little fight. Um, she comes down and talks with him, uh, knocks in a way by like walking down the their their actual steps of their house which mm-hmm. like bangs uh like his little dollhouse all over it's like you know like a sort of like godzilla monster type thing where it's you know like an, he's experiencing an earthquake and he comes out on his his uh balcony on his dollhouse which i thought was really cool a cool way to like you know have his conversations um and basically tells her like you know that she's not being mindful of his situation like you know he's told her like not to like i guess you know step um with such force uh and she's going out to run errands and asks if he wants anything and he says no but make sure to like leave the door shut or make sure the door is shut so i'm guessing so like the cat doesn't get in i don't know if there's a there was a conversation like off screen uh, because otherwise it's just a really weird request, like to tell someone like, uh, Peter, you don't tell like your wife, Hey, make sure to shut the door when you leave the house, you know, like, right. It seems like there was something that he thought about or she had thought about, like, you know, we can't have the cat in the house anymore because of his situation. I, I want to say he asked her to make sure that it was locked on the way out, <laughs> which is also very uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, yeah, I, I actually kind of wondered, um, but when the cat came in, I go, oh, okay, I, I get that because they showed the cat earlier. Mm-hmm. So I just figured that it was foreshadowing that, that the cat will come back. Do you think that the locked um, line is because it was in 1957 and that's just a product of like a, a culture where people just didn't lock their doors or just wasn't routine to do so? It it could be. Um, I mean, I, 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 I have no idea. Way before my time. Yeah, uh, we need, we just, need Maynard on here. Chris Maynard, yeah. my co-host uh, from War Machine vs. War Horse. Born around then, I think. Yeah, um, uh, but anyway, the cat gets in, and uh, that's it's. I really enjoyed everything that happens after this, but it is kind of silly that you know the the rest of the film and this character's journey is dictated by happenstance that she just happened to like forget something, and so she left the door ajar and ran back in to get it before she left the house, and that's when the cat you know cat doesn't sneak in, but the sn- cat gets in and she doesn't realize it and he realizes it when uh for whatever reason he opens the front door to his dollhouse like i don't know what why he would do did did you wonder that why would he do that when there's like this i mean clearly i would think he could hear this there's something there's an animal outside his house right (laughs) yeah he was laying down massaging his own head and then uh and then he hears sniffing and of course you you go open up the door to figure out what it is (laughs) He's got windows um, in the dollhouse. He does. <laughs> I I would not open it. And I think he opened it wide enough to get attacked. You know, <laughs> so that, that's completely his fault. I don't blame that on uh, Louise at all. 
Is it Louise? Or is it, um, let me see here. Louise, yes, he's the same last name, Louise Carey. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, entirely his fault. And but yeah, when he got swatted by by the cat, I did really feel bad for him. And um, the yeah, the, the CGI was you know it it was still pretty good for its time, uh, I think. And the quality, the the version I watch, it actually uh, looked better than uh, than the woman movie. Um, I would agree with that, and I, I think even if we were watching these both on Blu-ray, that the man movie would look better. Just it would visually yeah. just be more appealing than the uh, the 1981 version. Yeah, um, for for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's just the the woman movie is just too colorful, uh, and I don't know if knowing that Joel Schumacher directed that <laughs> helped or hurt the movie. You know, while I was watching it, I think I was looking for things to dislike about the movie. Mm. Uh, just you know, knowing that it's a remake, and uh, um, just thus far, we've only had one remake that was actually pretty worthy of of uh, you know possibly being better than the the original. Um, I don't know the I, I do like some of the uh, homages that the woman movie makes uh, to the other one, but I think they were a little too similar. But I guess for those that aren't familiar with the band movie, it's it's actually okay, um, and I kind of appreciated them trying to go. Uh, a little bit different, but I didn't care. <laughs> in in the re- in the woman movie, the remake, it, it just seemed like there weren't a whole lot of too many uh, uh, large props that they made. I mean, there were there were there were some, but I, I feel like most of it were more camera tricks, you know, to make it appear that she was you know um, small in, in the scene. Um, I don't know if you got that sense at all where, you know, well, in, in the original movie, it just seemed like, yeah, there were a lot of large props. Well, they don't really make her world uh, that much of a threat to her. They make mm-hmm. outside forces a threat, but, you know, she's, she's put in a, like, in a cage with a, a gorilla uh, for, to do, you know, chemical experiments on. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was going with the, the man movies. If you can get over the fact that a cat is what ruins him, like, and you know, we're just, I guess at this point, I'm just going to, if you're interested in watching these movies, uh, I would recommend the incredible shrinking man. Uh, but I'm going to pretty much jump ahead right to the end and kind of spoil that right now. So last chance, but, um, yeah, because of that cat, you know, he doesn't ever get to rejoin, uh, society. And, they kind of leave it to like there probably wasn't a chance, but there's definitely not if he can't, you know, maintain contact with doctors or anybody like that. Like they set up that he can never like interact with a human again, because at this point, you know, they can't hear him and he's just going to keep getting smaller and smaller, uh, and probably no longer have like a human form with, with that. Like I, I found that to be like very dark and also kind of darkly comic that it's like his, former pet it's the house mm-hmm. cat that you know sends him into the basement and he, he can't like escape it for like the, the rest of the film until well until like the very last uh, few frames uh, when he just kind of leaves and goes out into the backyard but i think that's you know what you're getting at peter is that they pretty much make his basement and everything in it every little object is either like a weapon that will help him or something that will work against him uh whether it's the you know, when the basement starts to, the, the hot water heater starts to, to leak 
and the the spider down there and the, even a mouse trap like there's you know they have an entire sequence there's like minutes spent on him trying to get cheese out of a mouse trap and that's something i really missed in the remake is i don't remember a sequence really focusing for too long on her living as a smaller person in this like vast world that to to us is just normal uh, i mean can you think of one uh the only scene that comes to mind is uh when she was in the garbage disposal mm-hmm. That was that was pretty much it. Um, and back to the gorilla, you know, I I didn't know. Uh, I've never seen either movies before, but I remember the cover box for the Incredible Shrinking Woman, and I was just like, huh, Lily Tomlin on a gorilla, <laughs> but but she's shrunken in the movie, so I don't get it. If she was on the back of him, she'd be even smaller because it almost looks like he's supposed to be the size of a horse to, for her, mm-hmm. you know, or something. I. I don't know, and and um, the gorilla was played by Rick Baker, which was kind of cool. But I felt like the face was too emoted too much. You know, it was like we got to see too many, too much emotions on the gorilla's face. Did you get that at all? Well, yeah, and I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about uh, the man movie looking better, as mm-hmm. even w- even when you can tell that. Uh, uh, I think the worst moment is when he's his wife is in the basement and she looks up at him and he's he's smaller but you know not quite like what he becomes not like you know fighting with spiders who are giant over him but in his do you remember his like legs you can actually like kind of see through them it was like you can tell that it's almost like he has this like sort of projected look but for the most part like I thought it was pretty well done, but yeah, like, you know, using like a real spider as opposed to, uh, having someone playing a gorilla, like, especially now when we're used to the new, like apes movies, like being right. totally computer uh, graphic. Um, yeah, it looked, it looked like a person wearing like a gorilla suit for Halloween to me, uh, you know, a very good one, but you could tell like, Oh, that's a person there. It looked nothing like a real animal. Yeah, I don't think Andy Serkis could have even helped that movie. <laughs> um, but the you know the scene where uh, I don't even have my characters. Uh, Grant, uh, Scott, um, when Scott's fighting off the tarantula, and then the tarantula gets on top of him and he stabs him with that needle mm-hmm. that he uses as a sword. It, it was it really grossed me out to 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 see like you know the liquids kind of like mm-hmm. get on him. I was waiting for him to kind of turn radioactive and get like some <laughs> Spider-Man powers. Um, that would have been really neat to see, and you know, it, it didn't happen. But yeah, the the, the remake, it, it just it, there's just way too many characters. Um, I, I think I don't know, maybe uh, Schumacher was trying to um, make it too different. I don't know. I, I kind of like I, again, I liked the scenes where they were you know paying homage to to the original and. I don't know. I, I I didn't find Lily Tomlin funny. Uh, Charles Grodin just sc- screamed too much. Um, kind of like their story, but and like I don't know. I I think they tried too much. Uh, tried too hard to be funny. Y- you know, uh, like the the scene where she climbs up on the bed. You know, after uh, her husband goes to sleep, and you know she walks by the book where you know you read the title. It's Marriage Without Sex. You know, and then I uh, I forget. Does he like? Uh, turn over and accidentally like just smacks her and she goes flying across the room or something and that entire sequence was just it was bad you know it looked like a really bad tv movie off of 
uh, I don't want to even knock Nickelodeon because their movies are probably better. <laughs> but um, I, I couldn't place where this movie would go. It's just, you, you know, for the longest time, I've always uh, mis- mistook these shrinking movies for, um, or I kind of mixed them in with the attack of the whatever foot fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, those movies. So, so I thought that's what these were. Um, and then because when I, I, I texted you the other day asking, oh, the... 1957 and the 1981 you said yeah and i was surprised that there were no other other versions of these mm-hmm. movies and i'm like oh okay the attack of the whatever are a completely different series um so i'm i'm you know because i think i've seen one or two of those and i didn't really care for them um but yeah i i don't know i, I don't know what else to say about these because the, there's not a whole lot of story i mean the the man movie you get a, a journey of one man um you know, going through you know the world of a giant, and the other one you have a lady who is basically trying to escape you know mad scientists, and and also Lionel Luther you know is 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 in this movie. Um, no, Smallville. No, I only watched. I think I only watched the pilot episode of Smallville. Okay, uh, uh, John, John Glover is a uh, uh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, Lex Luthor's father, Lionel Luther. Seen Gremlins? Let's see. Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay, yeah. He was uh, like a TV exec. Gotcha. Um, well, matter of fact, I think he was also in uh, um, Scrooge, playing the same guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, anytime he shows up, it's like he's some sort of scheming like scumbag. Uh, oh, yeah. and also, wasn't he in... Uh, he was in Batman and Robin. You're right. He was uh, the mad scientist. <laughs> I swear. Uh, yeah. Should have known. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad Lily Tomlin didn't come back as like poison ivy or something yeah um, <laughs> i'm really glad about that um what, what did you think about lily tomlin playing like multiple characters in this i thought i actually thought it was just distracting like it kind of was I, I i was like um because it, we, we talked offline that i kind of dozed off for a good portion of this movie so i had to go back <laughs> and watch it and so i might have to put so that when, in now <laughs> yeah well, when when I saw her character with the glasses, I go, wait a minute, what, what did I miss? Is that a twin sister? What what is this? And didn't she end up being like a like a neighbor? Yeah, she played. Yeah, it was a neighbor. And I I actually got on Wikipedia before we start recording to like try to get a better sense of everything, and it was listing all the multiple characters, and it's like you know including a neighbor, and I'm like that's just really because yeah. at most I was just like I don't really know who she is, but it's like she must be like some sort of like family relation. Or something. That's so. Uh, I don't well, know. if if that neighbor grew up in that house, you know, you might want to question uh, <laughs> Pat Kramer's father um, for for the lookalike. But she also played a little, like a uh, like a phone operator too. A little uh, Scott Carey from the Man movie, like stepping yeah, out there, on his wife. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe Judith's uh, mom was a midget um, from the carnival. But um, did did you catch that too? She also played like the, the phone operator. Yeah, that was one of her, uh, I guess, famous characters in the '70s, right? One of her like comedic bits. Uh, Peter, where, where are you at, man? Where were you in the '70s? Oh, you know, floating around, <laughs> not in existence yet, like like myself. Not but, yet. Now I remember, um, like as a kid, like I, I haven't like researched it because uh, you know why would we do research for this podcast? But yeah, that she had a phone operator, kind of like sketch that she would Support. do yeah. oh, ugly. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that's what they were kind of playing into um, 
it did throw me off because I was like, wait, did they still have the switchboard back then? I mean, in 81. So, yeah, to, to find out that it was a character that she, you know, kind of played. So was she kind of like the, um, um, I forget the, the comedian's name. Is it Tracy? Ullman. Thur- oh, Ullman. Okay. I was about to say Thurman. That's, that's Uma Thurman. Um, is that right? That oh, almost yeah. doesn't even sound right. Yeah, Uma Thurman. Um, okay. Poison so, Ivy, yeah. man. The, yeah, yeah. The actual well, I Poison Ivy. <laughs> well, the names are all kind of throwing me off here. But, yeah, the... Uh, I thought maybe the, is that a thing? Lily Tomlin just played like a bunch of like yeah, sketch characters. Yeah, she comes. Okay. She came out of that like in the seventies, and I'm of course I really uh, I didn't know her. Yeah, I didn't know her for that. Yeah, she. Um, oh god, you know the the scene. Okay, so back to the garbage disposal. Like that scene was was okay. Uh, it was all right, but what r- really made it cringeworthy for me was her um, maid dancing that entire s- sequence. Um, well, they try to just, they try to say in voiceover that like the uh the fame that she and all the attention right. she's getting has changed everybody and i'm like why would it change the the mate like what what difference would it make like because it, it didn't seem like they were like you know moving into a mansion like it didn't seem like everyone was just like i mean she's she's dying that's what i didn't understand like she's <laughs> if she keeps getting smaller she's eventually going to cease to exist which at the very least the man movie touches on in the very end mm-hmm. and right. So yeah, I didn't understand why is the maid just suddenly acting like a jackass? Like, <laughs> and it, it's just there to like basically put her in in danger and then get her captured. But it to me it didn't make any sense. It just it's just because she says it in the voiceover. I'm like, well, okay, that the maid's different now. But that's about it. Did did that bother you at all that the the there were also voiceovers in the woman movie? It bothered me more in the the woman version than the man because, like I said, the the man movie has uh, it very much feels like something that's just an extended Twilight Zone episode, and you would see that a lot in those. Uh, and right. you know, it's it's also practical in that uh, for most of the film, he doesn't have another human to talk to. I mean, but in the Incredible Shrinking Woman, she always has people to talk to. Like it, it felt like. As you were saying, there it was an homage to the Incredible Shrinking Man, but I felt like they went, they did their own thing anyway. That the voiceover just doesn't fit this story like it fits in right. the Man movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, the the second half of the Man movie, I, I kind of got like a castaway uh, feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. You know, he's just on his own, on his own adventure, and that's kind of what I was expecting. And you know, though I kind of appreciated it. Um, you know Schumacher trying to do something a little bit different. It just it it wasn't working with me at all whatsoever. Um, do, now the questions that we usually ask have we even uh, touched on any of those at all? Um, I know one of them we usually kind of go over. Which did we watch first? Um, I think we both watched the original first and then the remake. Right, and I'm assuming uh, both of us, uh, you or I, both had not seen either one of these movies ever before. This was the first time watch on both for me. Right. Yeah, so I just, uh, usually in that case, I'd just go with the uh, the original if I've not seen either. Yeah, I I don't think I have a, yeah, I, I don't have a, um, a, uh, what's, what's the word I'm thinking for? It's, it's pretty early for me, so, and, and also I, I went to bed with, you know, the women movie, which didn't help. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, I, I switch it up, I, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, because, you know, for our next episode, I watch the... Yeah, I, I watch the remake first. 
So the next episode it, for our Charles Grodin month is it will be the Heartbreak yes. Kid, and I agree with you. I actually saw the remake first when it came out uh, theatrically. So, uh, oh well, I haven't seen either movies. So, because um, when when the remake came out, uh, I think a lot of people had already seen it, and they said it was really bad. So I was just like, okay, well, I don't I don't need to watch mm. it then. And so uh, I went back and watched it uh, in, in reverse, you know, remake first. So it it didn't bother me since I hadn't seen them. But for for this particular one. Um, I I don't know why uh, I watched the original first. Um, maybe just uh, again I don't have a formula. You know, I just kind of that's just kind of what like I went the to. Fifth episode on. We don't have like a uh, hard <laughs> and uh, you know fast rules on any of these things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we haven't even done an actual opening yet. You know, where we kind of introduce the movies. I was saying, I was wondering about that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put some clips in here. And we'll just let it, you know, just let it go. Or we can just wrap it up there at the very end and rearrange it. Um, Good. You brought up, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to keep previewing Charles Grodin month here, The Heartbreak Kid, and it's uh, negative reviews for the remake. Uh, uh-huh. Just in looking up later, because I, I did want to know, I was curious on how critically well-received The Incredible Shrinking Man was at the time. If it was like... You know, was it considered like I don't know Armageddon or something? Was it just like a big sort of special effects thing that critics hated? Uh-huh. But it was like it was really well received, um, and it has a seven point seven on IMDb. Uh, but the one that was, uh, and I think it's got like an eighty some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right, I think I saw that. But the Incredible Shrinking Woman has a zero percent <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't really understand because that. Roger Ebert gave it a positive review. So I'm like, I don't know what their technical what what is the ruling there? How many reviews does it have to have to have any sort of you know percentage there? Because yeah, he was he was the one listed on Wikipedia saying that he liked it. Um, but I wish I had known that Peter. That might have changed my selections for uh, our sort of like Ant Man themed uh, episode here because that that's pretty rough and. Um, it does go to show that, you know, maybe that's why there was so, so many references to The Incredible Shrinking Man, which I think to us is just one of those kind of forgotten movies. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I never hear anybody referencing The Incredible Shrinking Man. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like right. you. I, I vaguely knew it existed. But where this, you know, the remake came out, um, good Lord, like... 57? Yeah, it was 57 to 81. Oh, I mean, no, the remake yeah, was 81. 81. Sorry. Uh, so the remake came out, you know, it's still like almost 25 years difference there, but it must've been something that they respected more so that they, they felt like people would get the references. Whereas I just assumed they would just completely get rid of all that and go their own way. But man, uh, incredible shrinking woman. Uh, I, I had never heard of this. I didn't even know there was a remake of the incredible shrinking man. Like it has no like cultural, (laughs) <laughs> landmarks at all like relevance yeah uh, yeah i i've only seen the cover box and i didn't know it was a remake at all i thought it was just a play on the incredible shrinking man um but i i don't know i, I kind of compare these two movies with like maybe the haunting episode you know go go back and check that out <laughs> our, our third episode you're saying it's that bad the remake is that that bad in quality i don't know you know i i think the haunting remakes better than the woman movie oh rough yeah yeah i think i will go there <laughs> you know what uh, i think i agree i'm thinking back i'm like yeah probably so and that's like I, I don't know i will say that the haunting having that sort of respect for the original 
at times, you know, doing this podcast, uh, it is cool. Like, I don't know if other people feel that way, but I kind of like when I see the same scene just updated with, you know, newer performances. I see those like little mm-hmm. touches. Um, yeah. And in the haunting, that was cool. I mean, they were all weaker than the original, much weaker. But it was like, okay, oh, they're yeah. still doing kind of kind of doing an updated version. Uh, here, I just thought it was it was just obnoxious. Um, and it's you know, it it's also just tonally different. So it, it feels it doesn't feel as respectful to the original, which I guess is why I want them to go crazier. Like if you said you saw that that video box of her like riding a gorilla. Yeah. Why didn't it go that crazy? I don't understand. Like, why wasn't there a huge, like, you know, action sequence where she's, like, you know, commanding the gorilla to, like, you know, uh, assault all these mad scientists? Like, I, I just think they could have gone further. It seems like the, even in the original, there's better action sequences. The 1957 version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I some movies I kind of judge by the cover box, and the Incredible Shrinking Woman was definitely not sexy and worth renting. <laughs> You know, Wait a minute! Back in high you don't find Lily Tomlin riding sexy. a gorilla sexy? No, not at all. Do you? I don't know if you were raised right, Peter. There's, <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed everybody found that sexy. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I would, I would have preferred Ned Beatty. Now, I, I, I can riding the gorilla. That. Yeah, Ned Beatty and Charles Grodin both riding the the one gorilla. Uh, maybe that that could have sold me on it. Um, and you know what? Maybe if I knew Charles Grodin was in the movie, I would have checked it out. Mm. You know, because I, I know a little bit about him. Lily Tomlin, it's not that I'm not a fan of her. It's just I'm not very familiar with her work. Mm. You know, and uh, Ned Beatty, uh, Beatty, I thought he would have had played a um, a larger role, which, you know, I think he's only the boss to Charles Grodin's character. Um, and, well, I, I guess, no, he, he does have a, a pretty good role uh, towards the end there. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, gosh, so should I, I we get know. to the questions, I guess, and just yeah, absolutely. I'm always trying to think of them. Let me pull up the clip here. But what what you said about the the woman movie, um, I I think the word that you used that best describes it is is obnoxious. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I would ever go back and and watch uh, the woman movie. I, I would rather go back and watch the remake of Haunting um, over that. And that's something I thought I would never do. But I guess if we were on, you know, Desert Island castaway yeah. situation and someone mm-hmm. on a helicopter was giving me the option of dropping one of those DVDs, uh, which also, I don't know why. I'll throw them both back. <laughs> well, I would try to use them as a sort of weapon or something, or I don't know if DVDs are edible or can be made to be edible, but. Uh, uh, you could pr- probably use the, the backside to reflect and make, you know, and use it to make heat or, or mm. fire or something, you know. Well, uh, I don't know why I did so much research on Incredible Shrinking Woman. Uh, I guess mainly my reaction when I dislike a movie is I start to be like, why did they do this? And uh, I was reading that the DVD, like it was released on VHS, pan and scan, like in 94, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's a, I mean, VHS is like, were pretty popular in VCRs in the eighties. So they, they waited a good while to put this out uh, on video, but then they did release it on DVD, but it was basically just ripping. It was unmastered the, the VHS copy and they put it on oh, wow. uh, recordable CDRs and they were made to order. So it didn't even get like a release, like be put in stores. It was like your eye just bootlegging. But this is the studio, and it's like, so that's how much faith they had in this movie. So uh, what, what I'm saying, Peter, is we're going to get a ton of hits 
on this episode for the incredible shrinking woman. Cause there are so many people that want to hear us talk about this movie that you can only buy on CDR. Sure. And, and also uh, I'm sure they'd love to talk about the sexy uh, poster of Lily Tomlin <laughs> on the gorilla. I'm going to put it in all of our promotional images. <laughs> yeah. This might be our best episode. Are you yet. good with Photoshop? Could you put me and you on the gorilla with Lily Tomlin for our episode? I could, actually, I probably could do that. I just need the pictures of us that look like we're riding on something. Uh, I'll send you some selfies this afternoon. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, our questions here, uh, which I, I've taken the time to pull up uh, while we were dreaming of uh, you and I riding uh, a giant gorilla. <laughs> um, with Lily Tomlin or without? You know, get rid of her. Let's just just okay. me and you, man. Let's just yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, does the remake do justice to the original Peter? Uh, hell to the no. <laughs> <laughs> It does, it does not do it justice. Um, if if anyone hadn't seen the original, I don't know if this would actually make them want to go see. You know, I don't know if it would pique anybody's interest just to see if it's any better. I think they'd be put off and be like, you know what, I t- wasted my time on this already. Then no thanks. And maybe that's why I watched the original first. Yeah, I think that uh, if you were watching uh, the remake. You would probably think that the original was uh, goofier. I, at least my assumption would be that they, in the original, they must have gone further with him becoming like some sort of freak show. Uh, because, as you said, you know, he he only briefly gets that attention, and that's that's a really big deal with this this new one. Is that she's her life has changed by sort of outside forces, and that's one of the things I really like about the original so i'm glad i watched it first because it just becomes as you said a castaway movie it's just a a solo man and just trying to trying to survive alone with his his wits and whatever he can find so that's nowhere in uh in the the remake second question is if you just watch the remake do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade and I guess yeah. we're assuming that the first one was successful, based on what I've read on Wikipedia. It was it was uh, very well received. Right, I I I, I do. Um, I, I agree, uh, and and I do see why that, that there was a remake. It's just uh, I I do, and it's not even a question of like why was it a woman instead. Like I don't even care that that it was it was a you know changed to a, a woman, and I, I kind of liked how they changed her story you know that she's a mother of however many kids mm-hmm. and possibly related to her next door neighbor or whatever kind of neighbor uh, the lookalike is um you know adding the the husband being a little bit more a part of the story as well and also you know his products leading to her shrinking um i so i i could see why that it was remade and you know we've already discussed the original being successful I just feel that it was just a, a misstep, uh, a misdirection um, on the remake's part. Yeah, I think it needed to be much more focused. Uh, the family aspect of it is something I hadn't, had not thought about, uh, probably because I'm not uh, a family man and, and you are, but that's a big missed opportunity because that's one of the key differences between uh, Incredible Shrinking Woman and the, the man movie is that they have not started a family in the original so it's pretty much just him interacting with his wife and as you and i have kind of 
established just in our conversation. It doesn't seem like he has the best relationship with her. Uh, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's in a very stressful point in his life. It's been very traumatic. This, this whole shrinking process that maybe he can use that as his excuse for wanting to step out on his wife with another, uh, smaller lady. But you know, it's, it's just him and her. And so he doesn't have those uh, responsibilities as a parent, that you get just very briefly in the incredible shrinking woman, uh, with the, the sequences where she comes in and does this little sort of song and dance, uh, that her kids like to kind of put them to sleep, like right beforehand, something they find amusing. And, uh, there's a later scene where one of her children, you know, asks if, you know, she's going to shrink away to nothing. And it's a weird balance to have. And what is, uh, labeled a comedy that you do have those moments where it's like, oh wow, like you know, how would that you know affect her as far as as a parent? Like how how can she continue to raise children with this sort of degenerative like reaction? She's had these chemicals, like. But the problem I have with that is before you can really see much of the family dynamic, you have that the whole chemical conspiracy, like how to use her and like weaponize her in a way. And I feel like I would rather have just seen her and how her family were dealing with it. Both the, the comedy aspects and the dramatic, I don't really need these like mad scientists coming in and like mm-hmm. being the major threat. Um, because the, the funny thing is, um, that aspect of it really could have been a great homage to the original where the, the man comes to terms with like his sort of place, uh, in the world like it's almost like he has this very sort of spiritual philosophical uh awakening about you know the way of things and it's a scene that i think can come off as very luxury but what i liked about it was it felt like this is something a man in that situation would be thinking about sort of facing death uh you i think you you know bring up castaway is a great point like a great analogy to the original because it's it's very similar even though it's like a sci-fi version mm-hmm. but what i hate about the the remake is the the luxury nature of it is like talking about all these chemicals we put in our body and hairspray and you know, I don't know fast food and all this and it's like good god it's like for them to be making a point like you know comedy and satire can do it in a much more effective way like you don't uh, i just i feel like it's so overblown and i don't i shouldn't be surprised with it being joel schumacher because he loves for things to be overblown and in your face but um yeah the the very brief lecture you get in the end of incredible shrinking man feels earned and the way that uh, the incredible shrinking woman starts off with the bright colors and uh, the neighbor next door, like wanting her to try out this, that, or the other and feminine hygiene products and all this. And it's just like, Oh my God. Like I, it was just, uh, I was turned off, Peter. I was more turned on by the, the gorilla riding than I was anything <laughs> else. Um, did, um, and maybe it just wasn't clear to me or I just, I wasn't in the right state of mind to really comprehend the ending, but how did she get real large chemicals? They save her. Kind of. So, so what did it for her originally? Okay, they, <laughs> it's like they, you know, it kind of defeats your the movie's rant that they've they did in the first you know twenty minutes or whatever uh, about you know what we're putting in our bodies, uh, right? By having it, and and then you know, it's it's this little, I guess, Twilight Zone like ending where you get those you know her her ring 
isn't fitting like because she's now growing she's gonna grow larger than what she was so and instead of that being like a i guess because it's comedy instead of it being horrific that she's gonna like be a, a freak in a different way she smiles at the camera and i'm like what okay i guess you're smiling just because it's the end of the movie and you're just supposed to smile and make people get out of the theater and feel happy that they paid their you know five bucks or whatever it was back then but uh yeah, I just felt like tonally that uh, the Incredible Shrinking Woman did not want to commit to one way or the other, be it a comedy, sci-fi, or action movie. Um, well, it, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give him a mulligan, but this was Schumacher's like first like feature uh, film that wasn't like a TV, TV movie. I think he had like two before this, but this is like the first theatrical you know feature that he put out. Um, which I'm sorry that if anyone paid you know money to go watch this in the theater. <laughs> so I guess you know that's just my long-winded way of saying uh, I after watching the uh, the remake, yeah, I do get a good sense of why the original was successful because of everything that they did not do that the remake does. That's like they they do not make those those same missteps. Uh, they keep it short and brief and sort of on point. Uh, the final question is. Uh, I think we've already answered it. Most of all, which movie to watch if we're recommending these to our listeners, the original or the remake? Watch Castaway. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, the, the the original, The uh, Incredible Shrinking Man. Um, uh, again, I'm not familiar with Grant Williams, but I thought he did a pretty good uh, – um, uh, he he acted well. You know, I, I, I liked his character, and I didn't ever find him corny or anything like that, you know, for it being 57 um and the the effects were really really good hmm. for for its time you know i i can't say that about the incredible shrinking woman at all it just n- nothing looked good um a lot of the acting was bad i mean i i don't know why they had a maid you know m- maybe to help watch all the kids i don't i don't know you know it it's a uh, joel schumacher's you know uh, I, I guess I'll leave it at that. A Joel Schumacher joint is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to call it a joint. It's, <laughs> um, we'll have to think of a word. So you, you keep on talking, maybe I'll come up with something. <laughs> if there were other bursts of radiation, other clouds drifting across seas and continents, would other beings follow me into this vast new world? So close, the infinitesimal and the infinite. But suddenly I knew they were really the two ends of the same concept. The unbelievably small and the unbelievably vast eventually meet like the closing of a gigantic circle. Well, one thing, it was really when I was putting the episode together, mm-hmm. uh, and we touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but we were kind of kind of pressed for time uh, this morning, both of us doing it before work, mm-hmm. and uh, I was putting the clips together for the podcast kind of to, to express to our listeners the tone of, of each film, and I had not seen the trailer for the incredible shrinking woman because uh why well, I, I doubt you had either i didn't go on youtube and watch the trailer for this old movie before uh, i watched it at home mm-hmm. but they really were pushing the idea that she is like a Susie homemaker who is uh like underappreciated and like basically the the theme of her shrinking is that her responsibilities are not 
uh, really respected, I guess, by her family as much. And I, I guess I was going to ask you in watching the film, I hadn't really thought about it that way because they lean so heavily on the, the cosmetics aspect of it and the chemicals. Right. Uh, do you feel that like theme got lost uh, in the movie? Because I could definitely see it based on the trailer, but the trailer also doesn't really get into the whole mad scientist angle either. Right. I, I haven't seen any of the trailers, and that's actually usually not something that we do for the show. So that's that would be kind of interesting to kind of do that for like maybe the movies we hadn't seen to mm-hmm. get an idea of what to expect, I, I would imagine. But um, no, that's kind of a... Um, interesting point but no i don't think the the film relayed that uh message clearly i but thinking back i could kind of see it but again you know like you said it's it's more of like charles groden's work you know and Mm. um you know that 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 movie is kind of a distant memory now uh, to, to to be honest and i just <laughs> watched, watched it watched last it. night you yeah, watched it's it not this even, morning <laughs> it's not even been 24 hours yet uh, it has not literally but uh kind of comparing it to the incredible shrinking man you know it's very different if you're looking at it from that sort of uh gender role perspective because he is someone that deals with this this problem alone and mm. Uh, his they don't have children as we talked about earlier in the the podcast, right? But his his wife is pretty much shattered, as if you know she's mourning basically the death of her her husband, as far as she knows. And do you think that was a just a kind of an example of them being a product of their their time, as far as being a a fifties movie and uh, sort of dealing with the, the stoic sort of male masculinity and like, you know, dealing with your, your own problems versus dealing with the, the sort of post, you know, uh, feminist movement of the seventies that maybe the, uh, incredible shrinking woman was meant to be more satire in that direction. (laughs) What do you think about that as far as them being a product of of their respective times, uh, approaching it from a more, uh, gender based theme? Are you asking because you know why uh, uh, the actress Randy didn't play like a like a bigger part in, in the story? Uh, well, uh, I do think that there's you know when we talked about that scene where he's uh, yelling at contemplating. Her well, I was going to say contemplating <laughs> cheating on her or leaving oh, her for right. another woman. Uh, I mean, and it's it's just from a physical. Uh, kind of thing where it's like he wants to be with a woman that he can feel bigger than that he can feel more of a man around mm-hmm. uh, it does seem like the, the incredible shrinking man is like you know if you can't really present yourself uh, in the you know mainstream you know masculine way that you just or you just sort of disappear yeah. uh, you're less of it, a man like a shrinking man right and and the incredible shrinking woman Lily Tomlin, she disappears because she is playing, uh, I think at that time, and maybe some people would say right now, a, a thankless role as far as uh, doing all the little things uh, around the house that uh, aren't getting noticed. Um, yeah, I could kind of see that, but, you know, you got to give it to her. She came up with sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> Which even that, too, is... Uh, it seems like it's you know the the film itself is not very subtle, which is maybe kind of embarrassing that we didn't really gravitate toward the uh, this theme. But I also feel like it makes me dislike the movie even more because I feel like that was there was some interesting stuff they could get into there, and instead they uh, made it a kind of 
goofy comedy with these uh, supervillains uh, yeah, after her. I just feel like the the woman movie just had too many characters. Um, mm. You know, they they you know had scenes that were just like the shrinking man, and but but then you you create like a whole new other world. I don't know. It just it was a, it was a little much for me. I mean, and, and it's funny because I like some Schumacher movies, and um, I just I I didn't really get this uh, the shrinking woman movie I, I guess is is my issue and and problem because I, I just i just can't retain anything that i watched um mm. you know and it was just a lot more simpler with the incredible shrinking man you know you you remember his journey and his obstacles because you know you you mentioned it that uh you know you, they showed you minutes of him just trying to get food a piece of bread mm. or or um you know showering in you know a large drop of water which was really cool and i guess i read that they used like condoms filled with water <laughs> hmm. or something like that to to uh emulate is that the right word you know emulate a, yeah, like yeah. a really big drop so that was a really neat effect i mean uh, I, I i guess i i can't speak enough about how cool that movie looked for its time hmm. um and I, I guess that's another thing i keep comparing it to where you know, the shrinking woman is just they're just trying to tell you this other story about mad scientists, and I, I think that maybe more time could have been spent on, you know, um, sh- showing us why they decided to remake this movie. You know, what made the first one cool? Like, they well, almost just took the concept of it and then just changed a lot of the ideas. Well, if they had stripped it down more like The Incredible Shrinking Man, and mm-hmm. had this been some sort of weird uh, effect from all of the various uh, chemicals that maybe women have to use as far as makeup or hairspray or what have you, because it, it seemed like that's what they kind of went to, but they just went in a very extreme way about it. And I would rather that have been remained unknown, like in Incredible Shrinking Man, and then I would have been able to to focus more on some of the, uh, the the subtext, I guess, of the movie. But, you know, it, I mean, it's a pretty loud movie, just in the look of it. And uh, as you said, just the, all the, the various characters that come in. And, I mean, I think the film even starts with, like, people, like, screaming, like kids. And, uh, yeah, I would have I would have liked to uh, to spend more time with that. And it was, it was funny because just putting together the clips for this, uh, this episode, I was getting ready to upload it. And I was like, wow, that's something I hadn't even considered. And... It was, you know, pulling down a, a YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, crappy YouTube clip of the trailer, <laughs> like, you know, and so that I can't believe I got more out of it than uh, than I did the, the entire movie. Yeah, I don't know if I said this um, uh, at all before, but I, I will, I, I would watch the Incredible Shrinking Man again. Um, yeah, I would too. I yeah. actually really liked it as far as, and I didn't expect to like for this mm-hmm. for this podcast. I was like, ah, hey, they might. You know, maybe both of them be okay, but yeah, the Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, uh, you know, a couple of years from now, I probably would throw it back on if I was you know, coming across it on like Netflix or something. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. That's how I watched it. You know, I just that was the first site I went to because it's so old. I go, mm-hmm. I bet you YouTube's got it. And sure mm-hmm. enough, that the quality was still fine. You know, um, and and uh, you know, I, I I I keep comparing. You know, I think this might be the second or third time I've referenced it, but I kind of compared it to The Haunting. Like, I never heard of The Incredible Shrinking Man in 1957. Um, I just never heard of it being, like, a good movie. So, I mean, I, I mentioned that I enjoy black-and-white films because a lot of them are good. And going back and watching this, I was, you know, really impressed with, you know, the attention to detail with the props. 
And yeah. I, I have to give props where it's due. <laughs> um, but very, yeah, very good there. Yeah, well done, thank Peter. you, thank you. <laughs> uh, I think Maynard would be like, "Wow," uh, <laughs> at this point, um, at, at my puns. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really, I really liked it. Uh, probably wouldn't buy it, but I, I would, you know, really uh, like to watch it again uh, just to see if there's anything else that I missed. Uh, one, one of my nitpicks, though, was. That scene, he was standing uh, inside the dollhouse uh, on, on the balcony and yelling at his wife, like, you know, <laughs> he's mentioned it before. Hey, be careful coming down the stairs because it just it's a banging noise inside the mm-hmm. house or whatever the case is. And like, well, why don't you just move the dollhouse? You know, put it on. Uh, um, well, I guess you can't really put it on a table because how's he gonna, you know, get on and off the table? But somewhere else, you know, so somewhere that's not near the staircase. You know. Yeah, I kind of wondered that too, and I'm wondering if that's going back to that the whole the theme of manhood and like mm-hmm. not asking for help, uh, like, but instead just like lashing out and just like basically yelling at her, but not really solving the problem because if he can't solve it himself, it's 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 sort of embarrassing for him to like ask for favors. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, you you mentioned you know, you probably wouldn't buy it. I think I actually would buy it if, if they came out with like a Blu-ray that had mm-hmm. like a bunch of special features about like the mm-hmm. sort of the, the effects work and the making of uh, with some interviews, which I, I don't know if there's really like a, a demand for that. I, I I love like going back and sort of looking at all those uh, the the making ofs for like especially this this sort of time period of movies yeah. uh, when they. Maybe I would too, you know, if it was like seven ninety nine at Best Buy, you know, and then you can get like uh, two for fifteen uh, with a uh, haunting <laughs> on Blu-ray, you know, I'd probably do that, you know, uh, it's a good deal. Um, what did you think about the scene uh, where, you know, shortly after, uh, um, what's her name? Not Con- Consuelo, but uh, Cons, not conspicuous. What was the the maid's name? Do you do you remember? Uh, I, I don't remember. I wasn't. Been. I wasn't a big fan of her name either. See, that, that's how like forgettable this movie is. Um, but her, the, the maid, after she discovers the shoe, uh, you know, in the sink and thinks that that she might have like disposed of the uh, of the um, Pat's body, and then, then we see like a funeral, like you know, with the a matchbox, you know, which pays homage to the original movie. Like, what do you think mm. about the funeral scene? Because we didn't get anything like that. Uh, in the original, but they did. Um, uh, Louise, Louise thought that uh, Scott died. I mean, obviously, I like the the original more just because it sort of stays uh, with his perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as like, uh, you know, he has to wait for them to come down to the basement just to have any sort of knowledge about like what's going on with them. And I, I just like staying in his world, all the cutaways to the, the conspiracy and all that stuff. It just takes me out of the, I guess any sort of cool factor of her, her sort of shrinking uh, plight because I, I'm removed from her world. I like just being in his world the entire time and not really knowing how people are moving on unless he can actually like, you know, hear it or see it, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the scene that was just a slightly silly was that, uh, after, they were able to shut off the what, what is it the water heater or something like mm-hmm. that the um and then uh scott kind of floats like over to the drain and and i don't know he looked like he just got hit by a tornado you know mm-hmm. the, the way he was kind of laying above the the, the drainage there I, I just thought that was a little a little comical um I, i'm sure that's not what they were going for but um, don't laugh at poor scott yeah <laughs> but you know maybe uh i mean cuz i know he must have been you know extremely physically exhausted but you know, I would have you know maybe preferred he you know showing 
am not unconscious, I guess. that That's kind of what took me out. Is, that's it. It's, it's a very minor nitpick. I mean, it's still you're a very You're just movie. wanting him to, to be in that uh, hyper-masculine role, Peter. You just <laughs> want him to be up and uh, kicking ass at all times. That's right. Um, well, uh, one thing we didn't do, which I realized in the editing, is we didn't do uh, we didn't pimp out where people couldn't find us, and also did not do our sign off uh, that we're you know famous for five episodes in. Oh right, right, okay. So uh, you can find us on social media at Original Remake, and uh, if this is your first episode, we've mentioned some other ones we've covered. Uh, the Departed uh, in Infernal Affairs, which actually was probably the most even one we've done, was episode one. And you can go back and check out the much maligned Haunting, although not as maligned as the Incredible Shrinking Woman on this episode. And I believe that was episode three. Three, Is that yeah. Three? Yes. Yeah. Um, and we are missing our host, uh, Carly. Uh, and it's strange <laughs> because this is a podcast that's five episodes in, and we've only had our hosts able to make it for episode four for Old Boy. So we've got some pretty good episodes you can check out. Uh, you can find us on followingfilms.com and on uh, Podbean and on social media at Original Remake. Uh, Peter, tell our listeners here about your other show if they're not already a fan. Yeah, uh, Hydrate Level 4. I uh, podcast with my 15-year-old son. We review movies I grew up watching, and we give a perspective from the father and son's um, perspective. Uh, but yeah, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, um, Hydrate Level 4, or on Instagram and Twitter at HLF Podcast. And you can find me, Michael, at War Machine Horse. I host another podcast, which Peter's been on numerous times. Uh, with a few other people. It's called War Machine vs. War Horse. We're on iTunes or Stitcher and also on followingfilms.com. And uh, the next episode, we will have a guest, WebBist, from the podcast It's Terrific. We'll finish out our Charles Grodin month with uh, the original Heartbreak Kid going up against Ben Stiller's version. Yeah, not to be mistaken with the uh, documentary for Bret Hart. I no, you know, it's if they want if they want to add extra homework, that's fine. Uh, it just may be a little confusing when they listen to the episode, but that, that's fine. Um, I'll so, work. Yeah, uh, I'll work a reference in there somehow. So, uh, Peter, um, do you have any final thoughts? I know it's probably something really deep uh, for the sign-off. Yeah, um, uh, watch out for that water; it can cause shrinkage. <laughs> and bye. <laughs> Deals onto me, and I'll show you what you really need. Give too much attention, and I'll reflect your imperfections. Can you see it so Cause you're the God of a shrinking
I don't know if I can get those pictures out today, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good God, that movie. <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually I work with a woman named Randy, and I, I want to say she, she looks like she's in her 40s. Um, but So I, I know a Randy, and, and you know, recently uh, Blazers fired assistant coach Kim Hughes, who was a male. So there's things like that, you know, and the quad father is uh, uh, Courtney. Yeah, I've heard. Uh-huh. I've heard Courtney. I've heard Kim. I mean, it's kind of rare for for men. I've never heard a female named Randy though. Randy, yeah. So I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast because I was like, "What in the hell is that, Randy? That's a weird name for a woman." 